You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. Ready? Right. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Tis a Monday get-together here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. This is Birds 365 with your buddy, pals, and amigo. Uh, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, after a nice long weekend where John McMullen was worried about the Eagles down at the Novocale Complex, I was ripping up Kentucky Derby losing tickets because I did not have the 80-to-one shot winner, Rich Strike. But that's okay. We're ready to turn our attention back to football and, John, the countdown is on, as they say in the open, 50-plus years you and I have been covering the NFL combined. Uh, the only season that matters is the next season, which we got a little bit more of a taste of this, this past weekend because the Eagles actually had a camp for their rookies. Uh, the newbies are all in town working out diligently, feverishly. All right, maybe they <laughs> ran around in uh, shorts and T-shirts and the like. Uh, your quality sp- time spent at the Novacare Complex, Johnny Mac. Get a good feel for the Eagle Brooks? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sense a Super Bowl team developing. You always get a good feel that first uh, rookie camp practice, which is even scaled back. You know, it's interesting. The Eagles had 19 tryout players, Jody, on hand. About 40-something total there. 19, 19 of them were tryout players. Probably the most notable was John Harar for a couple of reasons. He used to play basketball at Penn State. He's a local kid, so people might know him a little bit, but he's six foot nine. But then I'm thinking to myself, you know, it, I've been in a lot of rookie camps over the years. And right. there's always, you know, you always want to sign like one or two of them. Coaches always say you want to set like it's sort of a, an example. Like if you if you do everything right and you work hard, we're going to reward you. And you try to reverberate that throughout the roster. That's always been sort of a, a conventional thing. And that's always made some sense to me, to be honest. But I'm, I'm looking at what they do now. And it's like, what, what, what are these? How do these kids show anything? I, you know, I mean, they're not allowed to do anything. Right. How, how are they? How, I, and we'll see if the Eagles sign any of them. They haven't yet, uh, but we'll see. I guess you can show up in the classroom. I guess you can do it that way. You can, you know, I, I, it, but it's always, you know, it's always been kind of a fun time of year from the fact that, you know, you, you get a good story like that kid that I just mentioned. And, you know, at least for a couple of weeks, you know, people get excited, but I, I don't even know how they can show off in, in this environment in, in today's NFL, but 19 of them were trying. And, you know, it's a dream. I don't want to dismiss it. Uh, so, but it's really, really difficult. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how, how do these tryout players even, you know, open the coach's eye? And we'll see. Right. And I read uh, your stuff over the weekend. Everybody else was covered the Eagles on a day in, day out basis. Those that were there. Not once did I find any information about any Nick Sirianni competition. I was wondering, we going rock, paper, scissors, we're going free throws. Well, they had the the ball uh yeah, you know, the the uh the ball card. But why can't I think of the word, you know, the, in the NBA where they roll out the balls. Um they had that in the Novacare complex audit joint. They have um ball, ball rack was the ball word rack. Thank for, you. Yeah. Thank you, Jody. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm drowning here. I'm looking for Jody Mack to help me. I'm sorry. I didn't know where you're going, John. I would help you, but I had no idea uh, what yes. you were talking about. Well, the ball rack that Larry Bird would take the three-pointer off and, you know, put his put his hand up and win the three-point yes. contest. So the that's ball it. rack. The rack, yeah. Uh, they had that in the Novacare Complex Auditorium. So. Well, and that's got to favor the tight end former uh, basketball yeah, player you would from think Red so. State. That's a good if, point. If he's leaning on hoops to decide, because yeah. you're right, they do so much actual football so little actual football activity because they're limited and they're always injury conscience and the like they did announce this weekend that uh, during any of the mini camps seven on seven is the max we're doing we're not doing 11 on 11 because that's a lot of guys in a space they could actually have contact and get injured so you're right that they're doing very little football stuff you gotta have something to separate the individuals Who's the yeah. best shooter out of the group? Roll yeah. the rack out. Well, and I don't even know. As a six foot nine power forward, maybe he's not a shooter. I don't know. The Penn State fans out there can tell me how well John shot it. Not that you can't shoot well. Joel Embiid is a heck of a shooter. So, um, but you know, tend to get taller. And they did do some individual drills. Obviously, there were some. 
you know, I had video you can see on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. So they're, they are doing some individual drills and everybody got excited by Brandon Kobe, Britton Kobe, sorry. Um, the, the Utah returner, he's small and quick. And obviously you're going to show up this time of year when you're small and quick because, you know, you mean, I go you back mean to, like Darnell Pumphrey? Is that what you Yeah, Darnell Pumphrey. Yeah, perfect example. Um, uh, and we'll see. I mean, the Eagles need a returner. So maybe uh, uh, Britt and Kobe can make some noise. Uh, it's a little bit interesting seeing him. And then obviously you get to see Jordan Davis and, you know, boy, he's big. <laughs> did did, did, did N'Kobe Dean go out and limp around? With no, he, in, he was fine. All the injury was, issues that he had that had him drop down into the 80s of the NFL draft. He was fine. Uh, uh, again, T-shirts and shorts, though, you know. If you have shoulder injuries and pec injuries, they're not going to show up in T-shirts and shorts. But if you got to block and grab and try to push people off you, that's that's a different uh, category. So we'll see. I think the most important part of N'Kobe Dean is the medical recheck that that Howie Howie Roseman had mentioned. Uh, we'll check him out when he gets here. So no news is good news. Uh, we haven't heard uh, any any bad news uh, from that aspect. So yeah, I think I think the question, and I I said it from the start. I never got the peck part of it. I said worst case scenario. All right, he's got to get it pec surgery you red shirt him a little bit maybe misses half a season maybe misses the whole season who cares uh never got that part of it uh from a talent standpoint maybe it drops you from first to second round that type of thing um the other stuff is probably the more important stuff and and that's you know degenerative stuff and shoulder knee blah 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 and you know all we can do there is wait and see and hope the Eagles doctors are right and other doctors are wrong. That's all you can do. Exactly. And he's going to be a guy who's going to play with a chip on his shoulder uh, once the season starts. Shoot, he's already showing a chip on his shoulder. I just read uh, before he started the show that uh, apparently he's fired his agency. So he's really ticked off that he fell to the third round. Not just, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to prove myself. No, he's mad because he knows it costs him money because the salaries are slotted. If you're a first-round pick, you make that second round, third round. So he's going to have to go through his first contract that what he feels is not going to be enough for his value, his worth, and he's making his agent pay for it because he fired And the Wasserman Group is a pretty big agency, as a matter of fact. I know maybe they advised him not to run at the Combine, and he felt he could have and should have run and took their advice and didn't do it. But here's the upside for the Eagles. You got yourself one middle motivated middle linebacker. The kid is going to come out with a massive chip on his shoulder. He's ticked off at the world because he thinks the world, a.k.a. the NFL, disrespected him and selected him where they selected him. The Eagles got to be the beneficiary of that. Yeah, and and that's one of the things you got to be careful about if you're an agent in this league because you can't uh, uh, overblow. You can where a kid's going to go in the draft, but if you do, then they're going to be disappointed after the draft. And it's you know it's a very competitive industry, and um, you also have to have a feel for it. You have to understand where where the kid's going to go. I don't I don't think anybody had N'Kobe Dean falling to the third round. But I do think a bunch of people had him going in the second round 
mainly because of the devaluation of the position, the um, his size, uh, perhaps some concerns about that. And, you know, how do you bring that up to somebody who's, you know, the best player on the best defense in college football? And it's not the easiest thing to understand, but it's better be honest early uh, than, than pay for it late. And it looks like they, they paid for it late. So, um, but, you know, all of this could work out in the Eagles' favor. Uh, if he comes in with a chip on his shoulder, as you mentioned, Jody, and uh, plays like he did, like like he was at Georgia. Uh, I mean, could be the best linebacker the Eagles have had in a really long time, Great certainly time. since Jeremiah Trotter, I would think. I agree. Um, and you're right about the linebacker position not being valued the same way it has been at times in the NFL. But here's the only thing you need to know if you're Nicobe Dean. If you think you were the best linebacker in college football this year, and I think you have every right to do so, Devin Lloyd went at 27. You went at 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something that you can't take if you believe you were the best linebacker in football. If you believe all these medical reports are uh, way over-evaluated, that you're ready to go out day one, make plays in the NFL, no injury is going to stop you. That's, that's why he's not happy, and that's why he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder. And I think the Eagles will very much benefit from that. All right. Other thing I want to get into the first segment before we get our first guest up. Two good guys we've had on before. Fans of the uh, faves of the show. Joe Santa Liquido from Philly Voice going to hop on in less than 15 minutes from now. And our buddy Rob Motti from the Associated Press is going to contribute to today's program. Eagles had their mini camp. Got to see some guys. Got to talk to some guys. Get the first look at some of the guys in the Eagles colors. But we're also adding to the Eagle front office. There's been a lot of subtractions this offseason, JM. A lot of guys moving on to other organizations, which I think is a tribute to the Eagles as an organization, Harry Roseman specifically as a general manager, that he picks good guys that other teams in the league see their value and spirit them away for their own teams. But the Eagles actually made a, made a bit, pretty big ad this weekend and the ongoing back and forth between themselves and the Cleveland Browns is still very much in place. Andrew yeah, Brown, it's like Catherine. a trade at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. Catherine Race goes to uh, Cleveland, and Charles Walls is coming back to Philadelphia as a director of player personnel. It's going to be interesting. I know, you know, the Eagles were very happy about splitting that job last year. Uh, and that was the job that uh, Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown shared, who both got assistant GM jobs. One sort of majored in the scouting part of it, as it's been described to me, and minored in the pro part and vice versa. And they really liked how that part, how that part of their front office worked. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if Charles Walls is one of two or he's just going to be the flat-out director of player personnel. Um but, you know, uh, Tom Donahoe left as well um, in recent days. His contract expired, um, and the Eagles are not going to renew it. Now, Tom is 75 years old. I was going to say, um, he's been in the league forever, and he's yeah. kind of been here in Philadelphia forever. And, yes, there aren't as many out front and uh, often available to media individuals out of the front office as there are in some other sports. I don't really even know what Tom, other than I recognize his name, and we see him every once in a while in a shot of the draft uh, room 
on draft day for the Eagles. Well, that was a high-profile one when he was mad that they drafted Milton Williams. Right. Who knows? You know, a lot of us thought, all right, well, Tom's done after that. Uh, Got one more year. Yeah, they gave him the year to finish out his contract. Turns out he was done after that. Um, Tom has been a very important part of this this, uh, front office, former general manager in the league, um, you know, ran the personnel department in Pittsburgh for years. He gave Andy Waddell's first job way back in 1999 with the Steelers. Um, So you're right. He's been, he's been around for a really long time, but if you look at when these things have happened before and by these things, I mean, the Eagles, it's been pretty constant. They suffer this attrition in the front office because people try to hire from the Eagles, which is a good thing. You're right, Right. Jody. It shows, you know, people aren't going to hire people they don't think are well-trained. So from that part, it's a feather in the Eagles cap, but you know, 2016 when uh you know the ship from chip kelly to back to howie roseman 2.0 as i like to call it um you know they fired all chips people as well all the football remember chip was running all the football ops he was he he they gave him the the whole candy store so in essence tom donahoe ran the department until they got joe douglas and and put everything in place and I had a pretty good draft and, and he's always been sort of that break class in case of emergency guy. And even this year when they lose so many people, you know, they start to lean on Tom. And as I said, because of his age and he didn't want to do it full time anymore and run the department. So he's happy to step forward when they needed him, happy to step back when he could step back. Um, so, you know, it, it it's a bigger loss than I think people realize um, because he's got so much experience. He's seen it all. He's done it all. Um, he is that sort of, um, you know, security blanket in the personnel department. But, you know, they want to use this attrition to sort of rebuild the department, get a little bit younger and have this group uh, when, when it, you know, the, the merry-go-round ends, so to speak, have this group together for hopefully a longer period of time. Um, and we'll see how it all works out. Obviously, you know, they have a number of positions they got to hire for. Um, they've gotten rid of some lower-level scouts that we talked about last week. Uh, Andy Pittsburgh still hasn't made a decision, so in theory, Andy Waddell's still in play for that job. And that's the one thing I would put out there. As as I just said with Tom Donahoe, you know, he's very close to Andy Waddle. In a lot of ways, he's his mentor. As I said, gave him his first job in this league. It's been here every day in Philadelphia since Andy got here. Um, and he's out. And Casey Waddle, which we talked about last week, Andy's brother is out and was fired. Uh, let's be honest. They can, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. The Eagles are going to honor it, um, which is nice, you know, a nice thing to do. Um, and and basically, they moved on from because they have somebody they want to promote, um, who they think is going to be really good at the job. And she was going to leave. Um, she was she had another offer, so they had to had had to move quickly. Um, 
and that's sort of the politics behind Casey Wano. But the bottom line is, if somebody fires your brother and your mentor, uh, I wouldn't be happy. Did they fire both guys? Did they? Well, was it, uh, Tom's was it a wink and a nod. Listen, Andy's going, so uh, we're moving on. It's going to be a clean sweep type thing. I know he hasn't been hired yet. Uh, there's been no announcement that he's going to be the general manager of the Steelers. But these two moves seem to lead you to believe that there's a foregone conclusion that he's going elsewhere, that maybe part of why uh, Tom Dono and uh, uh, Weidel's brother was still here was because they appreciated Weidel. They wanted Weidel as a key component to their front office, and they now know he's moving on. So they say, all right, well, we don't necessarily have to stay with these guys anymore. Would you not be shocked now if Andy Weidel doesn't get that job? Uh, I, I, I can tell the Eagles don't know if he's getting that job. I, you know, they're not, in other words, they're not doing this because they think Andy is leaving, which is the strange part to me. Um, because yeah, I would think, you know, if there's, and if somebody gets a GM job, they're leaving. I mean, there's no negotiating. There's no, okay, can we do this to keep you? I mean, that's too big of a promotion. They're leaving. But uh, the Eagles don't know if he's getting the job, and they made these moves, which is a little bit strange to me. That's the strange part to me. Now, um, I explained the Casey Waddle situation. All right. Um, Tom is 75 years old, as I said. His contract expired, so technically he's not fired. Uh, and maybe he does just want to walk away because he's 75 years old, and he does want to retire. Um but I, but I will say the timing is strange. You at least have to bring up the questions because that's the first thing I thought is what a strange time to move on from the vice president of player personnel's younger brother and his mentor. Um, but there could be explanations for it. And um, Amina Solomon's going to be the one who uh, uh, gets promoted, I believe, uh, to, to uh, Casey's job. If she was going to leave the organization, you know, maybe you can explain that to to Andy Waddle and say, well, we couldn't lose him. Um, if, if Tom truly retired on his own accord, you know, that's an easy explanation. But th- those are things I can't really answer. Okay. Might be a difficult conversation Howie Roseman is going to have to have if Andy Waddle doesn't get the job in Pittsburgh now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, sorry you had to fire your – well, sorry we had to let your mentor go, but we still love you, big guy. You're still in charge. That might be a tough conversation to have. All right. Uh, we're hoping to have a conversation with our first guest coming up next. That would be Joe Santa Liquido from phillyvoice.com. Covers the Eagles, covers everything in Philadelphia. I know he covered a little boxing this weekend, as a matter of fact. I uh, gave him a call on Sunday morning to talk boxing. I said, hey, we haven't had you on Bird 365 in a while. You want to come on? He said, yeah, I'll get up for you guys. Uh, don't know if he's up yet. We don't see him in the green room, but we have faith that Joe Santa Liquido, phillyvoice.com, is going to join us next here on Birds 365.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Yeah, you Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Well, attempting to hook up with uh, Joe Santa Laquito. He just texted me and said, having browser issues. Uh, uh, you're, We've you're all been me. there. We've uh, all been there. Jeff. You you are a uh, writer. I'm a uh, talk show host slash uh, YouTube show host. I'm not a computer guru the way you are, McMullen and or Joe Santa Laquito. You writers supposed to be able to figure this stuff out. What do you mean browser issues, Santa Laquito? I guess. <clears throat> You gotta have, but right? you gotta have two or three different browsers uh, <laughs> to be ready to go. You know the the schedule's going to come out this week, Jody, and evidently there's some teams uh, leaking out uh, the the early Monday night football matchups, and uh, the Eagles are one of them. Um, in fact, it's going to be the home opener. On September 19th. Who's going to be the home opener? Uh, the Eagles home opener is going to be on September 19th. So it's week two um, on Monday Night Football. Ooh. The Minnesota Vikings coming in on Monday Night Football. Week two is going to be the Eagles home opener. And now, the, thank you much for sharing this with me. I hadn't seen it yet. And all of our uh, viewers, this, even though I, I, in a way, I like it, also in a way, it just annoys us not out of me, the leakage, that these things will come out in drips and drabs over the next four yeah, days. The official, the official schedule release is supposed to be Thursday night at 8 o'clock. It has become a TV production 
for both the NFL Network and ESPN. It's going to be simulcast, which I don't quite understand, but it's that big a deal that the schedule release has become. But uh, like you just put out there, little things will leak out. What game? Well, real quick, under- this is the NFL, so this isn't a leak. They they've announced the first two Monday night football matchups. It's a leak. It's a stone cold leak. It's an official leak. They're not calling it a leak, but if the schedule release is supposed to be Thursday night, why are we finding out about a game on Monday? Well, that's before? true. If you're interested, by the way, the first game, because the first Monday night football matchups have been announced in a week two doubleheader. So 715 is Titans at Bills on ESPN. Uh, 830 is Vikings at Eagles on ABC. There so they're going to be com- Two games on at the same time. It looks like it. They're going to overlap. Who knows what they're doing? Well, that's because they uh, will milk every single television dollar out of it that they possibly can, that there are uh, double Monday night games and now streaming as compared to over the uh, network. The NFL knows how to do this. Uh, They do. Everybody hates Roger Goodell except his 32 bosses who uh, love him because he yeah. negotiates as good TV deals as he does. And Which you and I have explained. In the you, you and I have explained numerous times how good Roger Goodell at his, at his job, and people, man, they don't get it. They hate him. They hate they, him. Why? They, because they, he's the dean of discipline. Because he's the guy who has to merit out punishments to players on the squad that you root for. So, damn that, Roger Goodell. Who is he? He's running again. Yeah, he does. And he does a great job of it for the NFL. Yeah. And people don't realize that if they disliked him that much, they would realize that he's only doing what the owners want. And, and, but no, they do exactly what the owners want. And they, they levy all the criticism at Roger Goodell and they just sit in the background counting their money and laughing. And uh, I just told you they've already started to leak out some information on the schedule coming up. Eagles-Vikings, so uh, first chance to see Justin Jefferson. Will Jalen Rager still be with the Eagles? Will Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager be on the field at the same time? I didn't even think of that. Uh, They won't be on the field at the same time for obvious reasons. They both play offense, but also because one's going to be playing a lot, barring injury. One best case scenario would be him being here and not playing and maybe he's got a 53 man roster spot, but uh, yeah, uh, that you're going to hear all those, those stories that week. Oh yeah. Uh, comparing the numbers, <laughs> they'll have number uh, comparisons to be able to look at. And it's not going to be a pretty view as a matter of fact. Uh, so uh, Eagles coming uh, early in the year against the Vikings. Eagles have nine home games, eight road games. You remember last year, they played nine road games. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Are you ready for this McMullen? This Go. is this is major information. This will be equal to the biggest season in the history of the National Football League. <laughs> because last year was. It was the biggest season in the history of the National Football League because they added one more game and took it to 17. This will be an equally big season in the National Football League because they're playing 17 games again. It will be the biggest season until... They go to an 18th game, which I think is two or three years away. But, oh, don't kid yourself. We're going to get there at some point. It's going to 18. Um, So we will have the biggest season. And for Eagle fans who love going down to the games, it's the biggest season you've ever had. Because last year, Eagles played an extra game on the road. This year, they will play an extra game at home. 
which, oh, by the way, if you don't like going to the preseason games, that's a good thing, too, because you only play one home preseason game because you have the extra regular season game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it's good because Monday night games, those Monday night games are brutal. They start so late, but at least it's at Lincoln Financial Field. So that's a positive. You're not on the road. Does mean you're going to be on the road week one for the season opener. So I'm sure we'll figure out what that will be soon enough. All right. Let me take a uh, quick look at the nine home games this year. We know Giants, Cowboys, uh, Commanders, those are uh, locks as they play in the division. You just told us the Minnesota game is going to be week two. Other teams coming here to Philadelphia. The uh, Packers with Aaron Rodgers' son, Stevante Adams. Uh, you got Doug Peterson making his return. Well, we to... need the road games to figure out where they're going to open. The road games. Oh, okay, let me quickly go through the home games, and we'll jump over to the road. Uh, Peterson coming back with his Jags. Tennessee, that'll be a fun game. A.J. Brown against his former mates. That was just like, all right, Tennessee's yeah. coming to town. Now it's got more yeah. uh, nuance to it because it's uh, the new. And Eagles obviously, start. Doug coming back is exciting. Right. Uh, I said Jacksonville, Tennessee, um, Pittsburgh, and the Saints are the teams coming to town uh, this year into Philadelphia. Road games Giants, Washington, Dallas, at Arizona, which we thought might be a Mexico game, didn't quite turn out that way. Um, at Chicago, They've done absolutely nothing to improve things around Justin Fields. You know I love the kid, and I want to see him succeed. They've done nothing. You talk about giving a guy weapons. At least Jalen Hurts got A.J. Brown added to the mix. What has Chicago done? zippity doo They're hanging that kid out the dry. Um, Detroit, Houston, and Indy, which we thought was going to be a big game because it would be the return of Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz is returning, but he's returning as a commander, <laughs> not as an Indianapolis Colt. All right, which of those games do you think is most likely the Eagles opener? Hmm. hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, last year they opened, obviously, in Atlanta, I believe, was the opener. That was the big uh, route, and we all thought Nick Sirianni. So there's usually one NFC East game kind of early, and then the rest of them are late. Um, I don't think it'll be an NFC East game, so I do think it'll be – sort of like it was last year at Atlanta, a team that not necessarily is that exciting. Um, maybe at, maybe uh, um, run down, run those down again, Jody. Road road games games. for the Eagles this year. Uh, Cowboys. Yeah. Besides the Giants, uh, commanders uh, at the Cardinals, at Chicago, at the Lions, at the Texans, I hope it's not the Texans game one because mm. um, that's uh, it's a, probably an eagle win, but it's boring. And at the Colts, that's not a killer road schedule. That no, looks to me not. to be is actually a pretty easy road schedule. You know, I I did hear the Giants were going to open up um, uh, against Minnesota, um, so I'm going to say Bears. That's my prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they do a, a NFC East NFC North thing. I'm gonna say they open up in Chicago, and that's two big markets. That would be, you know, Chicago's gonna be a bad football team. I think, as you pointed out, Jody, um, Matt Eberflus and and uh, Ryan Poles are acting like they know they have uh, some time 
to rebuild that thing. So they're not going to be very good, but you get them early. Big market, two big markets. That could be a a, a big local rating bonanza for the NFL. Not a bad uh, opening weekend matchup between two teams. Don't know. Uh, the Eagles, of course, made the playoffs last year. The Bears did not. And uh, I, apparently they're giving Matt Eberflus and uh, Ryan Paul some time to build this thing up because you look at the team's offseason moves. I know we're a Philly show. We're not a Chicago show. I got some buddies in Chicago. Oh, they're not happy with the Bears in Chicago. No, no, they're not. Very <laughs> passionate fan base as well. Maybe yes. the most like Philadelphia. The closest to Philadelphia, I think, would be Chicago. That's pretty base. good. That's a pretty good comparison, J Mac. They are uh, a lot alike. Uh, they take their football very seriously in Chicago, same way the do the, the Eagle fans do here in Philadelphia. And uh, they, they're going with a quarterback. They don't know if he's good enough yet. Same exact as the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Neither one of them locked in for years to come. The Bears are more invested because they used a high first round draft pick of trick that pick that they traded up for to get their hands on to give them the team. Howie Roseman has done more than the new GM in Chicago to put weapons around his quarterback this year with the AJ Brown acquisition. The Bears have done nothing to upgrade their offense this offseason. No, they haven't. They they know those are, you know, the two teams are the Giants and and the Bears that have made uh, dramatic changes at the top of the organization and pretty much signaled, uh, we're going to rebuild this thing. We're going to, you know, I don't, I don't think it's complete teardowns. We always talk about like the NBA, but pretty significant teardowns for the NFL and in that these two teams don't expect to compete. Um, doesn't mean you can't because all NFL teams have good players, but um, they also know they have a little bit of time. Uh, and a lot of places don't have a little bit of time. You either have a coach or, or a GM under the gun that has to make decisions to win now. Um, Bears and Giants look like the two teams that are like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to try to build this thing the right way with new people, and they're not really overly concerned about competing this season and those are two giant markets. That's probably not the greatest thing for for the NFL, to be honest. Here's one reason why I like the schedule. And uh, John just gave, in case you're just uh, jumping aboard, streaming on in, better you than Joe Santa Liquido, who we're having major <laughs> issues with being able to get punched up. Thank you for uh, jumping in to Birds 365. While you're at it, do us a favor, hit the like button, uh, like, share, and subscribe here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Um Here's why I do like the Eagles schedule this upcoming year. We don't know exactly when the game's going to be played. We know the Monday night uh, second game of the season. Uh, now that John has uh, found that out, that they're going to be taking on Minnesota in a doubleheader day where the games are going to be overlapping. Did you see where the Eagle game is going to be broadcast? ABC. Oh, that uh, one's yeah, the on first ABC. game, Bills Titans on ESPN. Uh, Eagles, uh, Vikings on ABC. ABC. Okay, well, that's good. We got the network, uh, although ESPN is every bit the network that ABC is, but I digress. Um, here's what I do like about the Eagles schedule, even before we know what days, and don't kid yourself, when you play a team, coming off what game, how it's going to work. It's a big part of it, um, but I just ran down all the home games, all the way games. Here's what I do like about the Eagles schedule. 
their non-divisional home games this year. Green Bay, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Atlanta, and the Saints. You got a couple of teams that weren't good last year in Atlanta and Jacksonville. All those other teams, Saints were borderline making the playoffs. Tennessee had the best record in the AFC. Green Bay had the best record in the NFC. Minnesota's got a ton of talent. I'd rather play those good teams at home. Because if you were playing Green Bay and Tennessee on the road, you'd be an underdog. You're probably going to be an underdog against Green Bay anyway, but it'll be closer at home. You have a better chance to win. I'd rather play the teams that I think that I have at least as talented a roster, if not a better roster, on the road. Because I can match up well with them, even though I'm going to have to overcome a home home, uh, crowd advantage. Uh, I don't know what Houston's going to be this year. They think they're going to be improved. I would argue... Uh, they're going to be improved, but I would argue they're still a bad football team. And you got three bad football teams with Chicago and Detroit and Houston. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if you want to go on the road, those are the types of teams you want to face. And obviously you have the NFC East games. But uh, so to me, it's only Arizona and Indianapolis. Um. Arizona is going to be a good team similar to last year. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be good. And Indianapolis, I think is going to be good. I think Matt Ryan's going to be better for them, even as an aging quarterback than Carson Wentz was. So they'll be a good team, but not a great team as well. Um, That's best you can hope for in the NFL. That's pretty good, pretty good road schedule. Right. I think the, the, and it's all done. It's not like, and I know there are conspiracy theorists out there. This is a theory. This is a, uh, uh, a set schedule that they use. You play the teams uh, on a rotating basis. So it isn't like uh, Roger Goodell or someone else in his office is handpicking the schedule to make it either easier or harder. You know exactly who you're playing. The only thing that changes are the dates. I think they got a break. Sometimes it's the luck of the draw. Teams improve. Teams get like Chicago coming off last season. They could have gotten better. They could have made moves to get themselves into a more competitive. I don't think they did this offseason. So you're getting Chicago on the road uh, this year uh, in a spot where you should be able to beat them. Uh, I'm uh, I'm excited about that uh, potential matchup. Um, I like the Eagles schedule. It's not the toughest schedule. And again, when we say toughest schedule, that's all based on last year's records. You don't yeah. know what everybody's going to yeah. be this upcoming year. Uh, so uh, feel free to either acknowledge and agree with what I say or completely disregard it because we got no idea how good changes. anybody's going to be. Everybody thought the Eagles were going to be easy for them last year. And, you know, they turned out to be a playoff team um, and a little bit more difficult than probably most other cities projected. Uh, going into the season. Certainly Atlanta was probably all hyped up. Not probably. I was there. They were pretty hyped up. As far as Atlanta does, it's not, you know, it's not the most passionate sports city. Like, you know, I'm trying to speculate with Chicago being potentially the home over. They're going to be fired up. Chicago is going to be fired up. They're not going to realize how bad their football team is yet. And that's one of the things that probably doesn't work out in your favorite because I always say, if you do have a bad football team on your schedule, I've been saying this for years, Jody, you probably want to play them er, uh, late 
you don't want to play them early when they don't know how bad they are because they're fighting and clawing and doing everything possible. But, you know, you're nitpicking at that point. It's better, you know, it's better to to have I, I don't think anybody in the NFL is a patsy, but it's better to have there are certain teams that you know are not ready to compete. And I look at Chicago's one of those teams acting like they know they're not ready to compete. And oh, by the way, if uh, we had done this same bird 365 show a year ago and the Bengals were on the Eagles schedule, yeah, they, yeah. Had, yeah. they had been the year before when they played the infamous tie and Doug Peterson punted and people were ready to run him out of town. Then he did get run out of town. I don't think it had anything to do with punting against the Bengals though. That's, you know, I have to ask Jeff. We Lurie got you, Jody. We got you. He's only got audio. But let's bring Joe. Let's pop Joe up. Our buddy Joe. Can Joe Santa Liquido from Philly Voice. Good enough to hop aboard with us. What the heck's wrong with your computer, Santa Liquido? Are you there, Joe? Oh, we got a... See, uh, he's too hyped up from the Canelo Alvarez fights. Uh, a, a disc that uh, looked like Joe Santa Liquido. Didn't that look just... Didn't that just look just like Santa Liquido? It looked just like him. It was a, a very... That might be his new Twitter avatar. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can punch Joe up. Uh, we're crossing our fingers with Rob Motti coming up next hour if we don't get Joe. Uh, so, yeah, John gave you a little uh, heads up. Uh, one game of the Eagles' upcoming schedule, date and time, has officially been announced Week two in the it's season. It's interesting, by there. the way, you you mentioned, uh, you know, doubleheaders, probably the wrong term. It, it's more of a staggered type of thing. It is interesting to me. I mean, the NFL typically has standalone games or, you know, they have standalone windows. Sometimes it bleeds over and you have that. It's interesting to me. They're going to start one game at 7.15, one game at 8.30. And obviously it's ESPN and ABC and, it's the same company uh, um, uh, owns, but it, it it's a little bit strange to me how they're doing it staggered and instead of standalone. Um, not the typical NFL NFL way of doing things. But we'll see uh, if they what the rest of the schedule is going to look like Thursday night. Well, let's see now. The Sixers played last night. What's their schedule look like? Because Thursday is good because the uh, Phillies will be on the road. They're out on the West Coast. They're not going to be starting till late night, so you can get a whole bunch of schedule watching in uh, prior to the announcement of the draft. All right. Uh, as per our picture on the screen here, I'm assuming Joe Santa Liquido is ready to join us audio only today. Are you there, Joe? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? There we, we go. And the, the little uh, the little guy uh, is talking just like Joe. How are you, Joe? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. I mean, the problem is is me, not my computer system. And my the problem is the very many cobwebs in my head. But I did come <laughs> up in the time we've been away from each other. I came up with a trio with our three bald heads. <laughs> yeah, but we can't we're the, see we're the, a bald head. What good is it? We, we, we had your picture. <laughs> well, actually, I think what you have up is probably better. <laughs> and they should probably do that with me and McMullen too. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, but, but what, what do you guys think of the ball torage? There we go. I like it. The ball yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, now all we got to do is get you up, uh, and so we can see you. So it actually works for everybody. <laughs> you can tell you're around boxing and entourages. You can say it. Yeah. 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 I like I, it. 
We'll hold off on the boxing conversation with you. Uh, we haven't had you on since the draft took place, Joe. Uh, most people giving rave reviews to Howie Roseman for what he did, moving around the picks that he made, the uh, future that he secured by getting a first-round pick uh, next year from the Saints. Um, how good do you think Howie Roseman's draft was? I thought it was excellent. Uh, I, I thought going in, uh, I was a uh... – a huge proponent of them getting Jordan Davis. I had the pleasure of spending time with Jordan in Atlantic City during the Maxwell Club Awards dinner. And, uh, I mean, guys, we all know uh, the way of uh, pro football, college football, high school football, where, you know, uh, you know I'm, 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 I'm listed as 5'7 in the program, you know, 140, when they actually may be 5'5", 130. I've never met a person they actually lied about the negative <laughs> where I met Jordan and I think he's listed at six five or six six or six seven and he actually looks far larger than anything he's listed. Yeah. Um very affable young man, incredibly approachable. Uh and I also got a chance to turn around and delve into his his backstory. Uh here's a guy as a uh, as a young man as a sophomore in high school. He used to sneak into the bathroom to avoid weightlifting sessions. You know, and and he always used to sit in the same bathroom, the same time. So, and, and obviously he was he was large then, so there was no way of escaping it. They always found him, and through some time and through some tough love, we can call it. Uh, he learned uh, he learned about work ethic. He learned about um, the demands that he'd be going through, uh, and it's a reason why I also say that his best football, believe it or not, I believe is still way way ahead of him. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I, I mean, you, you look at the waves in that Georgia defense and the way they ran things. They had so many talented kids, they had to get them on the, on the field. And they would, you know, generally be winning games by a significant margin. So it was easy to rotate. And obviously, uh, in the NFL, that's not going to be the case. And he's going to need to play a little bit more. Uh, but I agree with you. The first thing I noticed about, about Jordan – the Eagles list him at 6'6", 341 officially, officially. And, I'm, you know, he's one of those rare guys that you could say, wow, he could put on some weight. He doesn't even look, you know, typically when you see a 340-pound man, and I put Jordan Mylotta in this category as well, who's basically 380, and you say, he doesn't look big. He looks, he looks good for that weight. And Jordan Davis is in that same category. Now, he did lose a lot of weight for the combine. He showed off his athleticism. Uh, but as far as that part of it and, and what you garnered from Jordan as far as uh, being able to work up to the NFL level of conditioning, do you get the sense that he understands that? I do. Um, each level he's played at, and, and again, I can't stress this enough, that he's a late bloomer. I mean, he was someone that Georgia, that no one really noticed. Uh, and he didn't really, he didn't start. He didn't start until his senior year of high school. I mean, a lot of these guys covering the high schools the way I do in this area, uh, in the Philly area in South Jersey, is, is these, these young men today, you guys, they're picked up early. You know, you see a flash as a freshman or sophomore. Um, you know, you're going to get offers early. Jordan didn't get anything major until his senior year in high school. Um I, I think for him, ideally, and I think he's even admitted, and I had the chance to speak to Chuck Smith, 
the uh, former uh, defensive end for the uh, Falcons, who is yeah. Jordan's great personal pass rushing coach. coach, by yeah. the way. Yeah, great, great um, pass rushing coach. I, I think the ideal weight for him is 330. If he could play at 330, I think they're going to get the best Jordan Davis. And we'll see if he gets that. He looked good in uh, the shorts and T-shirts they ran around in this weekend. Uh, much more important will be the Sunday afternoons. Uh, Davis was the biggest draft addition. A.J. Brown was certainly the biggest overall addition for the Eagles this year when they made their draft day trade. He comes in with three very good years under his belt with the Tennessee Titans and got a new contract extension going forward as well. And we know he's also got a very good relationship with the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He and Jalen Hurts are boys. Um, Here's my only concern with A.J. Brown. It's a great addition. He makes them a better football team. It shows that the Eagles are willing to commit cap resources to get a virtual star type player. Do you have any concerns, Joe, that the Eagles, a.k.a. Jalen Hurts, will try and force the ball to A.J. Brown? that because he is the big addition, because he got the contract extension, because he's tight with the quarterback, that the quarterback will work too hard to try and get the ball to A.J. Brown? That's a great question. Um, no, I think I, I got the, the impression this this thing may come organically. I'd like to think it would. Um, I'd like to think what they obviously uh, what they created last season was a uh, run first past second team. <laughs> which is almost the team that you could say came from the 1950s. But <laughs> uh, uh, so you have something established already. Uh, I, I like to think with the array of, of, of receiving uh, talent now around Jalen Hurts, that he's not going to feel uh, necessarily compelled to always go to A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown, uh, they even have a chance to sometimes even use him as, as a decoy to set up some other things and maybe even develop some other players. Uh, so that's a, uh, a possibility of how he can be used. Uh, we all spoke around this time last year. Uh, and, and I will say this, and I'll say this on the record to you guys, this now, I had major doubts. This team would even win seven games last season. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles deserve a ton of credit, but with what they've added uh, with Brown, with the drafts, with the draft picks and everything, this is now an 11 or I'll just say an expected to be an 11 or 12 win team. And, and I, I wrote this in, in bleeding green nation a couple of weeks ago after the first day of the draft, did the Eagles tonight win the NFC East? And, and I'm going to stick my little stubby bald head out there and, and say, I, I, I think they're the team to beat the NFC East really? with the, with these additions. Now, a lot of things are going to be very dependent, obviously on Jalen hurts, uh, but uh, what the pieces they have around them, you can't turn you can't turn around and, and certainly make any excuses for Jalen Hurts right now. Yeah, it's interesting, Joe. You bring that up, and I think you're not going to be the only one that takes that that sort of look at at the NFC East landscape. Dallas has kind of lost some significant pieces, come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, the Giants we talked about. A little bit early, Jody and I, they look like they're in a complete rebuild. And and the Washington commanders are certainly not going to scare too many people. So I think you're not going to be the only one that expects the Eagles to take a, a significant leap forward. And that changes the expectations. It becomes a different model. Um, it's different being the underdog and nobody expecting you to win. Now people are expecting you to win. Um 
How do you think that changes things for Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni? I think it changes things quite, quite, quite drastically. I mean, again, this was a team that I, I think right now going into the season, in my opinion, I think they're two years ahead of the plan. Uh, this was a team that was, you know, maybe in Sirianni's third year, they were going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they got far more than they expected even. I don't think they'd come out and admit that. But in my strong opinion, I, I think they got far more than they expected or anticipated last season. Uh, and now this is a team that's capable. I'm not saying they're going to, but they're capable of, of going and, and advancing at least to the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, this is a team that has gotten closer. I'm certainly not going to say they're ready to topple the defending Super Bowl champion Rams or, or, the, uh, uh, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that gap between them, it's certainly very close. And, and I think right now, uh, certainly a lot of major questions still need to be answered. Uh, first and foremost, I believe that comes in the secondary. Uh, I don't think you guys would argue the point that I, I think you look at the NFC East going down a, a brief check mark off the top of my, again, stubby bald head is that they have, I, I think the Eagles have, I think we all agree the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFC East in the NFC East. I think right now with the addition of A.J. Brown now, they have the best receiving core in the uh, – I'm sorry, I keep on saying that. The NFC East, they have the best offensive line in the NFC East. They have the best receiving core in the NFC East. They have the best defensive front in the NFC East. They have a decent – well, well, Washington, certainly Washington, I have to – yeah, that, that, there's a fight there. Arguably the best defensive line in the NFC East. They've certainly improved their linebacking core uh, immeasurably with, with the additions. Um the big key now is what they can add to the secondary. Uh, but right now, this is a team that is ready to scratch at the NFC championship surface. But it's a team that, at least in my opinion, can make the division around in the NFC playoffs. Let's talk about those uh, secondary needs that the Eagles have. They have not replaced Steven Nelson with someone from outside the organization as a starting cornerback. They've got about 12 cornerbacks in camp right now, undrafted guys already there. None of which have proven anything in the national football league yet. And they got Marcus Epps stepping into a more significant role. He played enough last year, uh, filling in for injured players and in a rotational basis that at least he's got some of an NFL resume in place. Have they not put enough attention on CB2 and strong safety one with this team during the offseason? Or do you believe what the Eagles seem to believe? No, they've got their answer already on the roster at those positions. I don't think they have the answer, and I don't think they think they have the answer. Uh, right now, again, on the surface, you say something. Uh, um, uh, I, even, I, I, I go as far as this, and, and I think you guys may even agree with this. I don't even think they think they have the answer in Jalen Hurts. I think right now he's the best fit. He's the best at what we have right now, and we have to put a smile on our face and turn around and put that out there. But this is an Eagles team that went after every quarterback they could try to get their, their hands on. Okay, well, now that didn't work out for them. Now, let, you know, let, let's try to surround Jalen with what we have uh, in terms of offense, in terms of uh, defensively. Uh, there's guys there. I'm sure they're waiting for the, the Giants to cut uh, their guy. Right now, the name escapes me of who the, uh, the Giants may, may part ways with. Bradbury. Uh, I'm sorry? James Bradbury. James Bradbury. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, I, I don't know who's on the safety market now, but I, but I got a feeling. Um, 
I got a feeling Howie Roseman's not done. I got a feeling Howie Roseman, I'm give him a ton of credit. I mean, I think he deserves high grades for what I believe and what I've said. And even what I wrote is the best draft that he's had. And he's smart enough to know, you know, he can't go in and seriously compete. And I think these guys want to compete now. They think, you know, there's, there's certainly some pieces there together to make this push, to make this run. I, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I would certainly put them, you know, among the top. I, I don't think it's a stretch to put them among the top five teams in the NFC right now. Maybe, maybe four or five. But this is a team right now that's 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 leaning in that direction of of winning, and uh, that is the last piece of the puzzle. And, and they know it. They they know it. They have to know it. Uh, Joe, uh, last one for me. Uh, you've been doing some work with the NFL and 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 the high school aspect of of, of football in the prep area. And they recently put out uh, their, as they do every year, their reports uh, of, of all the players drafted, where they came from. Tiny Ellen Wood, Georgia uh, wins the NFL draft. They got three kids drafted from Cedar Grove high school in Ellen Wood, Georgia, more than IG, <laughs> IMG Academy, <laughs> more than anything. But I want to talk to you locally Obviously, Texas, you know, it's usually Texas, Florida, California. This year was Texas, Georgia, California, Florida as the top four. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, both had five um, players, kids drafted. Um, what do you, how do you think the, 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 the high school football in the Philadelphia area and the Delaware Valley where do you think it is as far as the traditional strength? You think it's up, it's down, it's typical. Uh, where do you think it is? I think it's the highest it's ever been. Nice. I think you're, you're getting guys here in the past. You get, you'd get a rare gem. I had the pleasure of covering Kevin Jones. I had the pleasure of covering Marvin Harrison. Now you're getting four and five and six players of that caliber. Uh, I just got done doing something on Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Trot's son. He, as a true sophomore, Sanchez Prep product, he is a true sophomore, will be Clemson's starting middle linebacker this season. You know, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State and yeah. what he turned around and, and did in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Kyle McCord is, 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 is the backup, is the backup quarterback there at Ohio State. You know, you're seeing, you know, incredible talent coming out of this area. Um, and up until last year, you had three NFL head coaches. That were from this area that Joe Judge is going. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm back, uh, back to roost there with Bill Belichick in New England. But you still have two Philadelphia Catholic League graduates in uh, Coach McDermott up in uh, Buffalo and uh, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland that are, again, products of the Philadelphia Catholic League. This this area has traditionally been a basketball area, and it still very much is. But in terms of the football talent that it's producing now, uh, and what I know, the other areas of the country, we're producing as high a grade of talent uh Better than most. I mean, it, it, and, and this is Southeast PA. This is how I'm, I'm excluding Pittsburgh. This is yeah. Southeast PA. What we're producing in this area is, is, you know, I, I got out, I got out of college in the, in the late eighties. I've been doing this for a scary 30 years and this is the best it's produced because we're producing again, uh, talent that again, it's not just that one or two or three shiny gems. Uh, it's, it's four and five and six. Put it this way, when uh, Nick Saban comes up and he's knocking on your door, which has been the last four or five years with, this, with the talent that's come out of this area, that says all you really need to know. And, oh, by the way, uh, Marvin's kid this year coming out of Ohio State, oh, we're going to be talking about him as a first-round oh, yeah. draft pick because yeah. uh, he, he, he's going to get a chance to catch the ball from C.J. Stroud, another guy we're going to be yeah. talking about a lot here in Philadelphia. Hopefully not that much, we, we shall see. I'm, I'm hoping that Jalen uh, just balls out this year. If not, oh, there'll be a lot of C.J. Stroud conversation. Uh, always a pleasure, J.S. Thank you much, my friend. Sorry we couldn't see your, what do you call it, stubby? I would say uh, uh, attractive balding head. Uh, we'll try and get the, what do, what do you call the three bald amigos again? The Baltarage. The Baltarage. The Baltarage, yes. We, and actually, gonna... you probably got a better picture of me right now than probably would be. Appearance gotta... out. But listen, if you guys don't mind, just a real quick uh, parting sure. uh, remark uh, on a very spectacular individual that we've all had the pleasure of knowing. Um, uh, and just a goodbye to Ray Dinger. I know this is this is very fresh news in terms of his retirement. Uh, this is a guy that you guys know is top of the mountaintop. And you guys also know there's a lot of people that are top of the mountaintop that don't have the uh, they don't have the personality that Ray has. Uh, we know a lot of people that are on top of the mountaintop, that it's your pleasure to meet them. This is a man that, that, that helped me personally uh, get in with the Maxwell club, which has led to things, which has led to some other things. Uh, he, he took the time of day to, to deal with a, a pesky little run of a stub of a person to uh, <laughs> give me that time. And uh, he's a very, very special person uh, obviously we know him as a Hall of Fame writer, but more importantly, Ray Dinger's a Hall of Fame person. And uh, he's going to be very, very missed. And I think uh, we all agree on that. I, I just, I had to get that out. Not a problem, Joe. Uh, and Ray, thank you. We thank you. I was going to hold off. I'm mentioning Ray till the uh, final segment of the show, but thank you for doing it earlier in the show. And thanks for coming on 
yeah, we need to see that stubby little bald head next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, guys. That shows Shannon Guido has been covering the Eagles for years for uh, Philly Voice and other outlets as well, including mm -hmm. our buddy over there at uh, Bleeding Green Nation, BLG. All right, uh, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys coming back. Going to cross our fingers. Rob Motti, he, now he's a good-looking dude. McMullen, eh, McDonald, yeah. oh, my God. Uh, Santa Luquito, yeah, not much to look at. Marty's not a bad looking dude, so we're hoping to get Rob Marty, television here. star. Yeah, we can't compete with that. Yeah, we'll see if we can get Rob Marty up here in uh, about 15 minutes. Yeah, on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald's on a Monday, kicking off a week, coming after a weekend where the Eagles did get some workouts in, rooks and undrafted uh, free agents and some 
make good invitees into town. Had 42 guys down at the complex, got some work in, individual drills, no team stuff. They even went so far as to say, don't look for any of 11 and 11 stuff on any of our mini camps this year. They're going to keep it to seven and sevens and, uh, and not really drill down on what they're going to be doing once the season starts. If you're, got, if you're playing seven on seven, Johnny Mac, is the defense going to be three, four, or four, three? Because that's seven, right? Three and four, four and three. Uh, you got to add up the seven. Uh, it's a, a conversation we're going to be having all off season long. How is Jonathan Gannon going to roll out his defense this year? The additions that they've made, the players that they've added, seem to fit a three, four more so than a four, three. And it all starts with the big kid, Jordan Davis, in the middle. Uh, do you have any concerns about the fact that right now, we don't know if the Eagles are going to be a 3-4 or 4-3 deep defense. Chances are they're going to be some kind of hybrid of in between those two. Is Jonathan Gannon the right guy to be trying to do that? Uh, well, to answer your first question, no, it doesn't concern me for two reasons. One, they're, they're going to be neither. As you mentioned, they're going to be a hybrid, and most teams are. Those terms, 3-4, 43 it's really odd, even man front. It should be. They're very antiquated, very similar to, you know, I always argue, I I try not to call defensive ends defensive ends anymore. I try to call them edge rushers. I, I you know, it's a better uh, term for, for the position now. Um, you know, flex receivers, you know, one of the things that upsets people contract wise is, um, you know, that type it was a big deal with Kyle Pitts, tight end versus wide receiver. Um, he's not a tight end, he's not a traditional tight end, he's more of a jumbo flex receiver. So there's sort of a labeling problem in the NFL right now. 34, 43 is one of them. They're gonna be what they were last year. They just have better players to fit into what they did. So a lot of times they look like a five-man front. Uh, when they play the same linebacker, say on first down, you would see last year was Gennard Avery more often than not standing on the line, and you'd essentially have a five-man front. Uh, but what they want is what they want is a traditional what most people would describe as a nose tackle, and that's where Jordan Davis fits in. So that's why I get why people ask the question. Um, it's not really an important designation is how I would describe it. That's why, um, um, it's, it's not that big a concern. It's, you're just going to have a player better equipped to handle the zero in one technique, as they call it, than Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox were last year when they were playing that position kind of out of position, um, is how I would describe it. It's just a better fit right. for what and they did last year. I hear what you're saying about calling guys edge rushers rather than defensive end. Because you're right, depending on uh, the guys that you have, and they went out and spent a lot of money on us on Reddick, who's going to be an edge rusher? Is he going to be a linebacker? Is he going to be a defensive end? Uh, his most important job is going to be to get to the quarterback, and it doesn't matter what designation he has before the play starts. Just tell me you get to the quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I think there are some people out there that don't understand the nuances of the descriptions of the positions and the like. Do you think the Eagles have enough 
in their front. Do, can we call it a front seven? I guess not, because there's so many plays where there's five defensive backs on the field. You don't really have a front yeah. seven either. Front six and a half. What do you want to call yeah. it? Um, well, sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes it is a front seven, but typically, yeah, when you talk about it, you say front seven. You say um, whether you know it, it's going to be uh, four edge. You know, it, it's going to be two edge rushers. It's going to be three interior defenders. It's going to be two inside linebackers. That would be the typical three, four, the two defensive ends would be the typical four, three, but you know, the Eagles were a hybrid front last year. They'll be a hybrid front this year. Um, Most teams are in the NFL now uh, are hybrid fronts and most teams, it's the same thing. They'll say, who's the starter, Jody. And people give you a, in a 4-3, they'll give you three linebackers. Well, really, the starter is the slot corner because they play more. But nobody says that. I mean, you know, all you got to do is look at the percentage, and that's the actual base defense. So you always hear, who's the 4-3 base defense? You know, that's not the base defense. The base defense is nickel because the nickel plays more than that third linebacker. But it's hard, for whatever reason, it's always hard to change these labels. But in, from a coach's standpoint, I don't think it matters very much because they don't care about those labels. So, um, you know, I, I got a chuckle when Nick, somebody asked him, are you going to be a 3-4? And Nick's like, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> he doesn't want to tell you that because he doesn't want you to know. But right. everybody knows, so it's kind of – everybody in the league knows, so it's kind of chuckling. All right, so uh, just a little bit of speculation here, and again – um, the Eagles aren't telling us anything and they want to get that quote unquote competitive advantage. <laughs> and I think it. Nick oversold a little yeah. bit this year, but that's just between you and me, Johnny Mac. Um, Hassan Reddick, who will be inside of him on most passing downs? Well, that's is the it- question, you know, because he's going to be on the field. It, you know, and we always say, barring health, obviously, if guys are, are, are healthy, the edge rushers on third down and long uh, are going to be Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. And, and then you got to figure out, okay, who's inside. You you can kick Brent. The Eagles, the, the good thing is the Eagles have a lot of options. Uh, Fletcher's still a good pass rusher for an interior defender. Javon's a very good pass rusher for an interior defender. If Brandon Graham is healthy, he's always been great at sliding inside. They have a lot of options and it comes down to, the fact that, you know, that's a good problem to have. Uh, but, you know, if, if push comes to shove and you force me to bet, I would think it would be um, uh, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat on the outside, uh, Brandon Graham and Javon Hargrave on the inside if Brandon's healthy. And, you know, are you going to have some issues with Fletcher Cox? Uh, maybe, maybe. You got you to gotta smooth that over. Right, and a question that will certainly come up. Last year, again, you uh, can go back and check the numbers. The Eagles were not a heavy blitzing team. Kind of a uh, stayed the course from the defense coordinator switch from Jim Schwartz to uh, Gannon. Uh, Gannon wasn't a blitz-heavy, blitz-crazed defensive coordinator, and that's why, at least my opinion, that's why the Eagles finished next to last in the NFL in sacks. They could have been a little bit more aggressive. They could have sent more guys. Hassan Reddick is going to the quarterback. Is he going as the fourth 
uh, defensive line pass on the fifth? Are they going to have five guys across the line? And Reddick's going to be the guy furthest out who's going to be coming most off the edge. That's a question that we won't know until they get out there on the field. Will Gannon be more aggressive? Will he put five guys into his blitzing? And will those five guys be all be defensive linemen? If you consider uh, Hassan Reddick a linebacker, well, then the answer is no. But I consider him more of a defensive line guy. Who is who is he going to bring when he's bringing five against a pass on third and long? Well, it's good to have options, and he's got options. I mean, he's never going to be a big blitz guy because the goal is to get um, to get pressure with four, and that's not just Jonathan Gannon's goal. That's everybody's goal. Uh, if he could get pressure with three, you'd love it. Um, you know, the more people you can have in coverage, the better it is. Uh, but it, it gives you more options if you're not getting home. Yeah, all of a sudden you can have that uh, – Odd man front with five, as you mentioned, and Hassan Reddick is is outside of Brandon Graham on the left side. You have Josh Sweat, you have Fletcher Cox, you have Javon Hart, you have everybody out there. Um, it, it, you know, but then you also have one less on the back end, and that's not your um, strength right now. And there's still work to be done. I think they're going to add a veteran body somewhere corner or safety maybe both um so it it's not a finished product but if, if we're sitting here talking today jody you don't want to have to go have five go after the quarterback because then you're 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 leaving that the weakness of your team even a little bit weaker so you want to you want to get home with four that's very fair. Right now, the Eagles still need a little upgrade in the secondary, if you ask both me and Johnny Mac. All right, we will ask that question to our next guest. Oh, we got his smiling face in the green room. Uh, Rob Matty of the Associated Press, South Philly's own, even though he's living down in South Florida these days. Uh, Rob Matty going to join us next here on Birds 365. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and that can search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. This is Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald here with you on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Oh, we got our favorite South Philly bud, South Florida bud. Our favorite bud, period. I uh, was got the good backdrop going, Rob Motti down there in uh, lovely uh, South Florida. Central uh, Florida, we're going to go. Central. You can consider yourself Central or South? Yeah, I'm geographically challenged, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm He's in Tampa. Tampa. What the heck is that? Yeah, that's central. That's it, central. It, it's south of you. Yeah, right. it's that definitely is, that's the important exactly part. right. That's and, the important part. And that's I believe I if you drew a line across the state of Florida and cut it in half, it would also be in the south half of Florida, not only right. south of us. It's, it's yeah. not Miami, okay? Yeah, it's not if, Miami. If anything it's north of Miami is considered south central Florida. Florida, all right, yeah, then Tampa is in central Florida. Let's put it this way: Rob's better off than we are. In, in central or south florida whatever it's, it's it's been hot guys it's it's been like high 80s man it's it's a steam no, oh i'm sorry rob we just had a freaking three days of i haven't seen the sun in three days oh well, uh, the phillies finally played a game right yeah, there after back-to-back -back rain two, two in that? yesterday even uh over the cloudy Scherzer. skies nice yeah. All right, Marty, we love having you on because we can not only talk Eagles, we can talk about the whole league, and we'll do a little of both these days. But we haven't had you on since the Eagles draft. Howie Roysman at his Monty Hall best making deals prior to the draft, during the draft, moving up, moving back. How good a draft do you think the Eagles had? I think on paper he had a pretty good draft. It's hard to give a real evaluation, right, when these guys haven't stepped out on the field. But I think you can give a grade when you see a guy like A.J. Brown acquired because that was a first-round pick they traded for a proven, established wide receiver. And, and you know his production level. You know what he can do. You don't have to hope, wait, or anything along those lines. So for that pick right there, uh, it, you, you got to give him an, an A. But you look at Jordan Davis and what they were able to do, move up two spots to get him. Yeah, I, I know they traded a little bit too much maybe to go up from 15 to 13. But if that was their guy, and it certainly was, and, and the Ravens were probably going to take him, I know they've said they, they wanted him, then that's what you had to do to move up and get Jordan Davis. Yeah, there, there's concerns anytime you get a guy who's like 340 pounds, 
uh, about stamina and conditioning and can he play uh, a, a big amount of snaps and how much is he going to be out there and and what's he going to be like in the fourth uh, quarter? Is he going to have energy, fresh legs? Well, you, you happen to have other guys up there who are pretty darn good in Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and he's not going to be counted on to be a, a 75, 80 percent of the snaps kind of guy right off the bat. They can work him into the rotation. And then when you when you look at Cam Jurgens and, and what they were able to do there and bring in a guy, I, listen, I, I like offensive linemen from Nebraska. I like guys from now mm-hmm. that that's central uh, U.S. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I like, I like we'll, guys, call, we'll call it the Midwest. <laughs> all right, I like, I like guys from that area uh, of, of the uh, of the map when you want to bring in offensive right. linemen, and uh, he's got positional flexibility. He might be able to to fill in a guard while he awaits to take over at center for Jason Kelsey, whether that's next year or the year after that. I know Jason was really contemplating retirement uh, this year, and, and he came back, and, and that's something that this could be his last ride. And you get uh, N'Kobe Dean in the third round at first-round value, That that's that's pretty good. Now, I, I know there's some other issues going on with N'Kobe Dean, but when you look at the talent on the field, if he's healthy, if he's able to go out there, you, you got a first-round guy. Uh, in the third round, and I think that's pretty impressive. And at the same time, too, going into the draft, they were able to get that first-round pick next year. And yeah. and now you get yeah. this talent this year, and you still have an extra pick in the first round next year. Uh, I think uh, Howie Roseman deserves all the kudos he's been getting, which is pretty rare around draft time for Howie. And, and a second-round pick, Rob, in 2024. Yeah. Throw that in there as well. So I guess um, – I'll start there with Howie because there's been tremendous upheaval in the Philadelphia scouting department, Ian Cunningham, Brandon Brown, we already knew. Now Catherine Raish is going back with Andrew Berry. Tom Donahoe uh, is retiring or, you know, not tapping it, but his contract expired at 75 years old. Um, You've been around sort of bridge. uh, I'd like to call it Howie. 1.0 1.0 and Howie 2.0. Um, you know, one of the knocks from afar with Howie has been, you know, how he gets along with people. Um, can he work with people? Can he can he be in that collaborative type setup that Jeffrey Lurie wants? He seems to have cleared that hurdle in the 2.0 version, or has he? Is it is it worth considering? why there's so much upheaval all the time in Philadelphia? That's a great question, John, because when you see so many people continuing to leave, you can look at it in two different ways. The Eagles have structured the organization in such a way that they have so many valuable pieces in that front office that other teams around the league want to constantly uh, take away from and, and learn from and, and try to uh, bring that culture and bring that kind of level of talent and experience into their building. That's that's the way that you can look at that uh, in a positive sense. Now, if there's some underlying uh, reasoning behind some of these people moving on, like hey, they're not getting the they're not getting the power that they want in Philly, or they're butting heads with uh, anyone in that front office, like Howie. If if there's some kind of uh, re- relational um, issues happening there. Th- that there's a possibility 
Now, it's not like they're moving on for – they're getting promotions. They're yeah. getting better jobs. They're getting other titles. They're not moving – they're not taking the motions to go somewhere else. They're not going somewhere. And hey, you really don't have to let them leave if it's a side uh, – if it's a lateral movement either, right? Uh, it's got to be something uh, to, to a position that they – is a promotion. So that there could be some of that, John. I, I think when someone is difficult to work with – they don't all this, there's tendencies are still there. And, and no matter how you may try to overcome those and probably do a better job in a lot of areas, I, I think when push comes to shove and some of those tendencies are still there, they may show up at times, right? And uh, I, I know that there's been a lot of deep dives into the Eagles front office structure and how it works and Jeffrey and Howie's relationship and, and maybe some of those people in there who, who are moving on realize or recognize that they're not going to be able to penetrate that wall of Jeffrey and Howie and become part of the inner circle, uh, that close inner circle of trust. And, and therefore, they may have a better opportunity to have more power somewhere else. And uh, if they get that opportunity comes along, they're all, and it seems like everyone who moves on has their familiarity where they go, right? There's someone like you look at Catherine, going to uh, Cleveland, Andrew Barry, there's a relationship there. And uh, there, there's always some sort of history with people. And that's how it is around the league. Right? People are going to go where they feel comfortable to work with someone who they know. So it's a great question. I, I don't know right off right now to tell you for sure that that's happening, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's some underlying reasoning why, yeah, you get a better job offer and you're like, heck, I'm out the door. All right, I want to ask you about another Eagles draftee, and that's the linebacker that they took in the third round. Not the third pick, the third round of the NFL draft, and I was uh, very bullish on the Kobe Dean before the draft started. Yes, we got some late information about potential injuries that I didn't know about that certainly wasn't emphasized, wasn't commonly known information about the uh, injuries that he had dealt with during his collegiate career. I just judge what the player does on the field and he was the best linebacker in college football this past year so to get him in the third round uh just boggles my mind and i think it's going to be a major addition for the eagles he's supposed to be a little undersized he's five foot eleven he's not as big as most linebackers as far as uh poundage goes as well but I remember five years ago when Aaron Donald was a little undersized as a defensive tackle in the league. And there are 12 teams that wish they had called his name rather than the Rams at number 13. Um, how big a deal is the fact that at least a couple of inches and 10 to 15 pounds, the average NFL middle linebacker is a certain size and the Kobe Dean comes under that. Is that a reasonable reason for him to drop? Rob Motti, or is this the NFL just uh, being set in their ways at what a perfect player for a position is supposed to look like? I think that a whole bunch of teams misjudged N'Kobe Dean and Eagles have benefited that, uh, or am I just too big a fanboy of N'Kobe Dean? <laughs> uh, I, I think for some teams that may have been an issue. I don't think that's an issue for 31 teams. I, I don't believe 31 teams are going to look at him and, and say, all right, he's undersized when he is that talented. And as you said, the best linebacker coming out of college production wise, talent wise. Now, guys, I, I heard something entirely different than the pec injury 
Um, it hasn't been reported. I'm not reporting it right now because it needs more work. But okay. I heard something entirely different about N'Kobe Dean. And, and uh, if true, it's understandable then maybe why he dropped a little bit. Um, injury, if you're going to, if you're going to. Non-injury, non-injury. Non-injury related. Yeah, okay. non-injury non related. So it was okay. non-injury related, something entirely different that I heard. I haven't heard uh, too many people discuss what it may have been, but it, it's something that would make it a little bit more un understandable. Uh, when you look at the injury and, and what he said, right? He said, hey, I've, I, I don't need surgery. I've talked to second opinions and the Eagles did their homework. So maybe there are teams that still are concerned. Okay, he's coming in as slightly damaged goods that maybe he doesn't need surgery now and he may need it at some point during the year. Uh, I, I can't get into all of, the, all of the teams and all of their minds and all of their thinking, but I think those are all uh, reasonable excuses for why he may have slipped, but good for the Eagles because you end up getting a guy that talented in the third round who people wanted them to see I, I, when they took Cam Jurgens in the second round. N'Kobe Dean still on the board, and I, I know Twitter lit up. Eagles Twitter did. Hey, why didn't they take N'Kobe Dean? And then he, they even said, we were thinking about it, but we're going to take the offensive or defensive lineman all day over another position in round two. That's what they value. But he fell to him in the third round. Let's see if he can get out there. I, I, I like what the kid brings to the table. Uh, I think they haven't had a – we all know they haven't had a linebacker, an impactful-type playmaking linebacker, what, since Jeremiah Trotter? It's been, yeah, it's been, yeah. a, it's been a while, guys. So uh, yeah. he, he's, he's got those, those size uh, issues, but – I think you could add 15, 20 pounds of muscle. He's not going to get the inches, but if they want him to gain some muscle, he could certainly do that in the NFL. But is that going to hinder his game? Is that going to impact the way he flies to the ball, the speed that he brings to the table? I'm not sure. I'd like to see him just get out there and see how he compares to the big boys right now as is. Um, Rob, I want to rewind a little bit to Nicobe's teammate. We talked about Jordan Davis a little bit at the – the top here, but I want to delve a little bit deeper into him because I think you, you in Tampa have the guy when it comes mm -hmm. to the interior of the defensive line, Vita Via. And, you know, there's, there's a sediment in the NFL that if you're not on the field in third downs, you shouldn't be the 13th overall pick in the draft. If you're not going to be on the field in the final two minutes, when, so many games are decided and you got to rush the passer. You're not worth the 13th overall pick. Is Vita Bia worth the 13th overall pick? What you get to see him up close a lot. How mm -hmm. impactful is he? Uh, I think Vita Bia is extremely impactful, but those questions of surrounding Jordan Davis, they applied to Vita last year too. Yeah. Uh, he, there were, Oftentimes, he wasn't out there late in a game. I think against the Rams on that uh, late in the fourth quarter, he wasn't out there on the field. Big guy, size and stamina issues, went on the field extremely <clears throat> impactful, someone who can alter the game. But with guys that size, you have to stay on top of them, their conditioning, their, their stamina to be able to get out there. Vita Vea, I don't believe, played over 40 snaps in a game 
all that often last year. Uh, he was in the 30, 35 range. Uh, so he's someone who, if, if Jordan Davis is going to be in that mold and, and be played that, that kind of Pro Bowl caliber, all pro level type of nose tackle, defensive tackle kind of play, you're, you're going to have to accept because that that's how, you know, if, if you take that size off of these guys, are they going to be as effective? If I know that size, that size may be hindering them conditioning wise, they're going to get tired. They're not going to be able to, to give you fresh legs in the fourth quarter, unless you have that rotational depth that teams like the Eagles have. But if you take that size off, can, can they, they are they going to be that giant run stuffing, pushing the line? You lose 20 pounds, 25 pounds is going to affect your, your strength, perhaps. It depends on the guy, their makeup, their build. Uh, so I, I think Vita Vey is someone you look at as you hope Jordan Davis can play at that level. But know this with Vita, they have those issues here in Tampa with him. And that's talked about down here, too, as well. And I don't anticipate that's going to go away with Jordan Davis up north. All right, Marty, man, the NFL overall question for you, because you cover the entire league for the Associated Press leaning toward Tampa and Philadelphia, but I know you cover the whole league. Uh, statement made by Pete Carroll this week that if Drew Locke were in this past year's draft, <laughs> he would have been the number one quarterback taken. I've seen Drew Locke. We've all seen Drew Locke. We see <laughs> Drew Locke's numbers. Drew Locke's not good enough to be a starting quarterback in this league. So you're telling me you think every quarterback who is taken – is going to be a bigger failure than Drew Locke in this NFL draft? How blatantly is he overrating the guy on his roster right now? Extremely. He's also said that they weren't trading Russell Wilson a few days before they traded Russell Wilson. So uh, I, I think that's Pete Carroll just hyping up his guy. Basically, that that's what it is. Yeah, I take Bailey Zappi over to, to <laughs> Sam Howell, uh, Malik Willis. I mean, you don't even have to go Kenny Pickett uh, and, and Matt Corral. Uh, Drew, Drew Locke is what he is, and he's a, a backup quarterback in the NFL. And they're going to give him an opportunity to compete for the starting job unless they decide they do want to go out and trade for Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo would be trading within the division. And right now still hasn't thrown a football. And <laughs> when I spoke yeah. to Jimmy, he said he wasn't going to throw till June and we're not there yet. So it's hard to trade for a guy who still hasn't picked up the football yet. So uh, I think Pete Carroll's just hyping up his guy, Drew Locke. He's probably, if, if you went back and put him in this draft, he, might be a seventh round or an undrafted free agent. <laughs> um, well, let's stick with quarterbacks, Rob, because, um, you know, at the end of this sort of draft cycle, I was starting to feel bad for this class of quarterbacks. I was saying they can't be this bad. They can't be this bad. They, they were crapping on them so much leading up to this draft. And, Guess what? The NFL backed it up. They really didn't believe in this class. There's one guy who gets drafted in the first round, Kenny Pickett at number 20. And I sort of got, and I told Jody this, Rob, I got sort of a Dan Marino chant on that because they didn't want to let another pit kid get by them like Dan Marino did back in the day. I think even that was sort of uh, an outlier. Mm -hmm. And then after Kenny Pickett, not another quarterback until the third round. So the NFL really didn't believe in this quarterback class. What does Rob Motti believe 
in this quarterback class? I think Kenny Pickett's got a shot uh, to be able to, to step in there and be a starter early. He's competing against Mitch Trubisky, so it's it's not like he's got to go in, in there and beat an incumbent who's been there for years. He just arrived in Pittsburgh. They're both all, all, almost on the same level playing field as, as far as learning the offense, learning the system. So I, I think he can step in and maybe win that starting job immediately. I think Malik Willis is going to be a long-term type of project in Tennessee. Now, uh, could he assume duties in 2023? Potentially, but he played at Liberty and the caliber of talent that he faced uh, is was, was a question mark for a lot of the scouts and a lot of the teams. And, and that's why, despite the talent and the playmaking ability and all the, he brings all those intangibles that Jalen Hurts brings to the table, the leadership, the character, the poise, uh, you, you know, you love everything about the guy, but you, you need to see him do it more. He, he, he's got a chance. Uh, I, I like his talent and ability. And then, and then you look at Matt Corral and you go, uh, if, there's there's some hope there that they're able to, to develop him. But there's there's we know there was none of that. Those top five, top ten, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow type guys. You know, what's crazy about this draft is you still had like a week leading into it. 10 days leading up to it where people are like, oh, maybe four or five quarterbacks can go in the first yeah, round. Yeah. Like, I had so, three going. I had three. And, and they go for like I don't do mock drafts. I, it's just, you know, it's, I I, I don't want to be wrong on 31 out of 32 picks. Yeah. I know I'm going to be wrong on 31 out of But to have four or five potential first rounders and then all of a sudden you only have one and then the next one's in the third. And there was a, a lot of uh, mock experts and draft analysts who were way off on yeah. this draft, and yeah. time will tell. But it, it, it's it's pretty crazy to see how the NFL viewed this class, and uh, we don't know, guys, about next year. They say it's supposed to be a better class, but until they go out there and, and they play, and so much can happen between now and next year, and that's why we talk about well, the Eagles got the two first round picks, and maybe they see someone they target, and if Jalen doesn't develop, they go after him. Is that guy going to be more of a sure thing than Jalen Hurts if he's three years into it? I don't know yet. I don't uh, know. I, I will take a bow here because I said this quarterback class was going to stink from the <laughs> previous year's draft right up until the draft. Keydon Slovis was the guy they were talking up after last year's draft that he could be the Spencer Rattler. Come. Don't forget Spencer. Spencer Rattler. I didn't like any of those guys. Desmond Some of us had him right. Yeah. My buddy Rick Saratella had the Eagles drafting a quarterback in the first round right up until the first day of the yeah. draft. Johnny Mack's partner, uh, uh, game day Kratz, still had hope that the Eagles were going to take quarterback. Didn't happen. The quarterback class wasn't good. I, I'm going to root for Kenny Pick and Matt Corral, Willis. All right, good for you guys. Uh, have a chip on your shoulder like N'Kobe Dean. Go out there and be great. I didn't see it coming into the draft. All right, I uh, do want to put this one by uh, Marty. John will tell you from the day after the draft when the Eagles and, and a couple of days thereafter last week here on Birds 365, when the Eagles added one safety from Southeast, Northwest, Tennessee, Chattanooga um, <laughs> as an undrafted free agent, they really haven't upgraded the position. It's mm -hmm. actually gotten backwards with Rodney McLeod going elsewhere. It dawned on me that maybe they could get their hands on a guy like uh, Chuck Clark from Baltimore because they had gotten Marcus Williams. They had drafted Kyle Hamilton. 
Chuck Clark is a starting caliber safety who might not have a starting position with the Ravens. I did see two couple two places this weekend where the Ravens said, we have no intention of trading Chuck Clark. Really? How are you going to work with those three safeties in there? A devalued position in the NFL, and you got three guys you want to try and start. I'd like Chuck Clark since he took on Earl Thomas a couple of years ago because Earl Thomas is one crazy SOB. And if you're ready to, to throw fists with him, you're okay with me. Uh, were the Ravens pulling a Pete Carroll there, saying what they needed to say rather than what they actually meant to say, is a guy like Chuck Clark going to become available? Jody, absolutely. I, I heard Chuck Clark's name come up uh, about – about a week ago, too, as well, after the draft. And, and and that was just someone that if you're looking at the safety position and teams who now have the depth and the availability is there, we know the Ravens love to stop. Would they end up with six fourth-round picks? Yeah, or something? Six, they, six, they, six they, they value their draft picks. And, and the Eagles, had they you got that you got that four in uh, – what, what they got the two next year they got the three in 2024 so they got they got some picks i don't think you should you you would even have to trade uh something as high as four right now i'm not sure what the value is there but uh, but when the team comes right out and says they're not trading anybody uh they don't have in that case uh i think it's similar to the Pete carroll just just saying that i've, I've heard his name i think he's a fit I think they also have to address maybe cornerback because you, you look at the cornerback position opposite Darius Slay. They didn't answer that. And I know a lot of people are hoping it, that the Giants will move on from James Bradbury and end up releasing him and it, it, because of his contract so they could free up space. But I think the Eagles would have some competition there with uh, Ron Rivera's Washington Commanders where – Bradbury was uh, was drafted in Carolina uh, several years ago, so there's familiarity there. So I think there's some competition if that happens. But those are two positions they they still they got to look to upgrade. And and I don't know that you can go into the season right now hoping that uh, Zach McPherson develops into that guy, maybe, uh, and and then relying on a whole bunch of Tay Gowans and Carrie Vincent Jr. and 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 all these other guys and undrafted free. I like Vincent's last name for cornerback. We know he's yeah. had some success in Philadelphia. Yeah. There's no genes there, but yeah. uh, if, he, if he could be anything like Troy was, they got their answer. And uh, Jody was discussing Reed Blankenship from Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I oh, think. it's Middle. I thought it was Northeast, yeah. Southwest. I think uh, Chuck Clark. <laughs> kind of like Florida. Is. I don't know where Tampa is in the state of Florida. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm directionally handicapped. I apologize for that. Uh, a slight upgrade, I would think Clark would be over Reed Blankenship. But you <laughs> mentioned a tiny corner. big guys. Yeah. Just, uh, just a tiny bit. You mentioned corner. I saw recently got a chance to talk to Dion. Uh, on the AP Pro Football Podcast, so everybody uh, listen to that with Rob. Um, it, you know, anytime I see Dion, the first thing I think about uh, Rob is lockdown corner, and the second Wait, thing that's, I think—that's the first thing you think about. Well, I, was, I go Tim McCarver, him dumping Gatorade yeah. on Tim McCarver. Yeah. Well, I you know because. I'm of the belief there's no such thing as a lockdown corner in the modern NFL. I think the best one is probably Jalen Ramsey. We saw Jalen Ramsey in high-profile playoff situations. Mike Evans, uh, yeah. your Bucks get beat to me, gets beat uh, by Cincinnati. Jamar Chase. Um, I don't think Darrell Rebus for Jody as a Jets guy. 
I do not think Jarrell Revis, Deion Sanders exist in the modern NFL. And, you know, people expect it. Like when Ahmad Gardner comes in or Derek Stingley, people are going to expect Deion Sanders or Jarrell Revis. Am I wrong on that? Do you think it's potential to be a lockdown corner in the modern NFL? It's increasingly harder because of the level of competition, uh, the skill and the talent that wide receivers possess, and the fact that they're throwing 50, 60 times a game. Think about what lockdown corner means when, when it was Dion, when it was primetime, when it was Revis Island. Like Teams didn't throw to that side. Now think about it in today's NFL. I, I think these offensive coordinators and, and these coaches – uh, are in some ways too arrogant not to try and attack some of these guys to say, wait, we're, you, you mean to tell me this guy's going to be shut out of the whole game and we're not going to throw at him all game because we, we have there's Jalen Ramsey on the other side. And, and then from that perspective, from the cornerback's perspective, what, there's there's 60, 70 uh, maybe offensive plays, defensive plays, and, and you're out there. When when you're a corner, you're you're not rotating in and out like a, an off a, a defensive lineman. You're not rotate. You're out there for every play, and and to be a complete shutdown, you're not going to give up one play. You're not going to give up two plays. Like we've seen Darius Slay uh, uh, get beat and beat often by DK Metcalf a couple years ago. Devontae Adams by the Green Bay Packers come back and have great games. So, I, John, I, I agree with you. That term, shutdown corner, those guys, they're, they're not going to exist anymore just because of the, the sheer talent of the wide receivers, how difficult it is to shut these guys down, the volume that they're going to have to defend, more passing plays and, and teams coming after them. And, 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 I, and I, it's just it's hard not to give up one play. You get beat one time and it shows up at a 55-yard touchdown, and then you blanket your guy the rest of the game. You do a great job, he's got, but he's got that one catch for 55-yard touchdown. It's going to be on highlights all day long. So it's yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Tough to be a lockdown corner. Yeah, I'm with John too. I don't know that it even exists anymore. All right, uh, Rob Marty on Thursday night here in Philadelphia. Mm. All Eagle fans will be waiting for the schedule to come out so they can get out there, pan and go. Game one, win. Game two, <laughs> Minnesota win. All right, well we got a pencil in the last day and go through their entire schedule. As a guy who covers the entire NFL, do you go? All right, I can stay home for Tampa with this game. All right, I need to be in Philadelphia this game. <laughs> oh, rematch, Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going, I'm getting on a plane for that one. Do you do your schedule Thursday night for the entire next six months after the NFL comes out with its schedule? Jody, that's the first thing I look at is right. where am I going to be? Where do I want to be? Right. Where do I think I may end up? And, and what those, like last year, it broke down beautifully for me. They're, they're Eagles and and Bucks didn't have the same home dates often. I was able to get up there for five Eagles games. I did 10 out of 11 Bucks home games, considering uh, they made the playoffs. So that was nice. Uh, they played each other. Yeah, one time, they played you know? each other. Uh, I look at then I look at the Thursday games because I, I I love Thursday and Monday night games because I can go to those and I'm not missing out on all the action. I don't have to catch up on on uh, the computer and, and, and on everything else. And then I look at where, where, where are they? Last year, I took a, 
a Thursday to Miami. That's a hop, skip, and a jump for me. There was a Thursday in Philly, and I, I did a Thursday to L.A. That was pretty stupid, flying out the morning of. And that I don't know. I want to go to L.A. on a Thursday anymore. But, yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I do, man. Forget the W's and L's. I used to do that when I was a younger, when I was a kid. And now that's a win. At, that's now looking a at the win. travel that's... schedule, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at, all right, do I get the – do I get the <laughs> – it, flights, <are, clears throat> flights are going up. Flights are going up. Yeah, you know it's, it's something that uh, uh, just grabs my interest every single year. You go through the team schedule. You're an Eagle fan. You're going to do that. You don't do them right down. There's one or two that you skip. Some years there's three or four that you skip, and that's how you know it's going to be a great year. If you go through it once and you still got three or four that you haven't decided on yet, that means it's going to be a good season because you think it's going to be a hard schedule, a tough schedule, one that you can't figure out as a genius Eagle fan because we all are. Um, I, I'm looking forward to Thursday's night schedule coming out. Uh, get your travel plans in order. Book it in advance uh, so you can save some money while you're at it. Be glad to have you back here in Philly when you do. We'll try and get together for a cold one this year. Robbie, thanks for hopping on with us. Appreciate it. Absolutely, fellas. Have, have a great week. That is Ron Robbie from the Associated Press. Uh, check out his podcast, Faith on the Field as well. Uh, Marty, always great. And we got to see him, unlike Joe Santa Laquito. Uh, I'm going to bust Santa Liquido's chops <laughs> because uh, we had to look at his little computer disc today. All right. You're stuck looking at us, McDonald and McMullen. Come back. We got one segment left to put a bow on the show. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and action search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? 
I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Jody Mack, putting a wrap on a Birds 365 Monday episode. Um, our buddy Joe Santa Liquido jumped in earlier. Uh, we had him on Audible only, um, but he did something that I was uh, hoping to hold off to the end of the show. We'll do it here. Uh, but Joe kind of let the cat out of the bag. Um, yesterday, Ray Dinger, who is, for my money, the godfather of Philadelphia football media and has been for decades here in town, announced on his uh, WIP weekend show with my ex-partner, Glenn Macnow, that he's retiring at the end of the month, uh, that he's going to step away from doing weekends on WIP and his NBC Sports uh, television duties as well. Um, I've had the privilege of working with Ray Dinger uh, at uh, both uh, radio and in other uh, venues. Uh, he is such a unique character, a word that we use often to describe players is unicorn that if there just isn't someone else that you can compare to them you consider them a unicorn ray dinger is a unicorn too uh you can't do what you and i do on a day in day out basis, whether it's on the radio whether it's on youtube whether it's on print on a website or whatever you're gonna annoy some people some people are gonna disagree with you some people are gonna say what the hell does this guy know some people are going to like you a lot, but some people are going to go, this guy's a joke. No one ever says that about Ray Dinger. He is universally liked. He is universally respected. That just doesn't happen as a member of the media in 2022, John. You're going to, it's come become such a divisive universe in which we live. People want to be on one side of an argument or yeah. another. You have to yeah. choose sides. Nobody ever chooses sides against Ray Dinger. Yeah, in and, Philadelphia too, of all places. In Philadelphia, yeah, it'll never happen again. Um, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just other than being a really nice human being and being really fair, um, and yeah, it's amazing. I I I think about that same thing a lot jody and i'm like wow i i don't even know how that would be possible uh to do today um but you know ray had built up such good will will over the years and you know doesn't have a cell phone he's so old school uh you know probably the most prepared guy you know his notes are are legendary um yeah i mean he is you know, we use the term goat. You use unicorn. That's what I put out. I, you know, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, if you want to go back, but people talk Jim Brown in the NFL, on and on and on. When it comes to sports writing, you can put that little goat uh, 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 emoji up for Ray Dinger. Um, yeah, nobody, nobody did it better. Nobody is ever going to do it better. 
I feel very, very comfortable. The greatest compliment anybody ever gave me, Jody, was comparing me to Ray Dinder. It was just a, a random listener in South Jersey. And it, by the way, it's not true. I'm, I'm not trying to say it's true. It made me feel so good just being just one listener one day said, oh, McMullen's like the Ray Dinger of South Jersey. And Mike Gill told me this story. And I'm like, that made me feel so good. And again, completely untrue. Um, but that kind of speaks to the greatness of, of Ray Dinger. And make your day, make your month, make your year, as a matter of fact, if you're compared to Ray Dinger. And now that he's got all his free time on his hands, we're going to get him here on Birds 365. Except I don't know if he does streaming or not. He, he was on. He was. Uh, he was on. I was on with him on the middle when we had that show. Did he do the middle? He did do the middle. Um, oh damn! Then I can get him to come on with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, he'll do He's it. Going to be going to his granddaughter's uh, uh, baseball softball games or whatever. He can carve fifteen minutes out for that. He's an he, early riser. He'll get up for us. And he and he did the mic drop. I think he had the the four Emmys in the background. Uh, uh, the you know. The, the four Emmy that, Awards. That's nice. Whatever the hell he wants by yeah. him, if he's good enough to get yeah. up and come on with us, uh, I will certainly be reaching out to Ray to get him to come on Birds 365. Uh, job well done, my friend. Like 50 years of a job well done. Uh, thank you very much for what you helped share with us as far as Philadelphia Eagle football goes for the last five decades. All right, uh, McMullen and I aren't going to make five decades. But we're gonna make at least one more show. I'm no, back tomorrow. Gonna, you in, Johnny Mac? Pushed out the door like Tom Donahoe. Until then, yeah, <laughs> felt like I pushed out the door. Didn't know you were going Tom Donahue reference. Very good. All right. Uh, yes, we'll be back tomorrow, right here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.